Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Too Much Screen Time. We got the whole gang here, Alex, Dave, Shantae, and of course, your boy, Anselm. It's Thanksgiving this week, and there's not really like a Thanksgiving movie or TV show. Um, There's that like Thanksgiving music video made by the same folks who made Rebecca Black's It's Friday. Uh, I highly recommend looking that up. It's like, oh, oh, oh. It's Thanksgiving, but this is not a music video podcast. This is a film and TV podcast. And so rather than uh, looking up TV shows or movies that have a Thanksgiving theme, we decided to kind of force a Thanksgiving framework onto a conversation, uh, a ranking, if you will, of some of our favorite uh, TV shows, films, and performances that tie into this framework so uh, I'm going to set the stage we're going to kind of do a little bit of uh, you know imagining here a little bit of a you know role-playing scenario if you will right so I want you to imagine that you've just got invited to your favorite on-screen family's house film or tv or both whose house you going to I am going to my favorite favorite family's house which would be the shameless cast have you guys seen shameless no but i knew you were gonna choose that shante did I you how'd you know do i talk about it a lot i feel like we it might have come up in a previous episode it might have come up in our performances episode but like yeah that doesn't surprise me they are the most dysfunctional family i've ever seen but it feels like home if you know what i mean so i feel like i'd definitely be there it'd be great drama i'd be on my toes it would not feel like i'm in the suburbs it'd feel like i'm in the hood you know what i'm saying Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of drama. It seems like you want drama at your Thanksgiving meal. What is Thanksgiving without drama? Exactly. <laughs> i tell you what Thanksgiving is. Thanksgiving is all about the food, Shantae. Okay. <laughs> Which is why I'm going to be going to, y'all know Uncle Phil is going to have the best food on the Ooh, table. That's a good one. I'm I, so glad you said that, Dave, so, for reasons that I'll, I'll say a little well, bit. Well, I yeah. thought about, there's a very, there's a one episode where Uncle Phil's trying to lose um, weight. And, and Uncle Phil from from where? From, for fresh, our, for the, our, from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Zoomers out there. <laughs> the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know, Jeffrey, their butler, he's going to be cooking the best thing. But there's this episode where Uncle Phil, he's the, the one of the main characters. He is trying to lose weight. <laughs> So they give him this bland chicken with no flavoring, no batter or anything. And then he immediately goes into like this, I don't know, this trance about what delicious food would look like. And I just want to repeat what he says and you'll see how it ties into Thanksgiving. Okay. He goes, (laughs) he's like, I can't give up my favorite foods, cold Turkey. Oh my God. Turkey (laughs) with pillowy mounds of mashed potatoes. (laughs) I remember that was utter drenched dressing, tiny onions swimming in a sea of cream sauce. So you know that at this family, there is going to be some delicious food. I'm going to Uncle Phil's place at the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Dude, kudos on the impression there. That was great to hear that, Dave. That, that, That was good. So mine is so, so different from what you guys said. I'm going old school. I'm going fantasy. Uh, take me to the Starks house, guys. I'm going straight up Game of Thrones. I want to spend time with the Starks. And maybe my choice is bad because of where we see their fate headed in Game of Thrones. So maybe me choosing to have a seat at their dinner table probably is not the safest choice. However, 
I think they would easily have the coolest stories, the, the most fun and exciting, um, uh, yeah, just like dialogue and just like learning about their days. And then also just like, um, kind of knowing where they're headed. And I think I would probably choose the Starks like in season seven. So the Starks that are like remaining so that we can all just sit around the table and tell the crazy stories about like what happened all of the first seven seasons. So uh, I got to go with the Starks, guys. You familiar with the Red Wedding, Alex? <laughs> and you choose to sit down at a dinner table with a family that last time they had a celebratory meal together were completely slaughtered after they were ambushed. And you're like, I want to go to Thanksgiving with these people. Are you out of, are, are you out of your mind? The man well, wants see, what he wants. That's the thing is, you know, I, I might not live, but hey, it would be one crazy ride and it would be exciting. So I, I, I got to pick the Starks. Wow, that, that you're right. That is out of left field. I mean, I, I've literally seen one episode of Game of Thrones and it was the series finale. So <laughs> that's a funny story there. But um, but yeah, okay, awesome. The Starks. Well, you know, for me, Dave, I'm glad you chose Fresh Prince because that was on my list. And I was trying to decide between that and the one I ultimately gonna go with. So thanks for taking that from me. I actually referenced this film. I, I might I don't remember if it made it into the cut, but I mentioned this film um two weeks ago when we were doing our uh, October roundup but it's a Wes Anderson film and it's my favorite maybe we'll see where French Dispatch you know w- winds up at the end of the year but uh it's the life aquatic with Steve Zissou and you know the family is everybody that is on the boat the Belafonte yeah like it's it's everybody on that boat this is a this is a family they're bonded together they've had some crazy adventures they really care about each other and um you know, I might wind up being underwater looking for this very acclaimed uh, leopard shark. So, um, yeah, that's it's Steve Zissou and, 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 and the, the Zissouettes, if you will, the Belafonte crew. All right. So now that we know whose home we're going to, of course, you know, you, you got to bring something, right? You've been invited. And if you're anything like me, it's last minute. So you got to figure out, okay, I, I, I got to bring what I'm going to bring. Oh, you know what? I'll bring the casserole, right? It's a casserole that you've had in your family your whole life. You love, you love this casserole. You, it's great. You've, your, your taste buds have become acclimated to this, but unfortunately, unfortunately, no one likes casserole. So this next question is, what is a film, a TV show, or a performance that you absolutely love people say what's the best film tv show whatever and you always bring this to the table but when you bring it to the table people look at it and reject it and leave it for last like a typical casserole so so what is your casserole i'm gonna go first with this one because this film it's i absolutely love this film i'm always in the mood for it and i don't think that there is anyone who loves this film as much as i do and i'm just gonna sing a quick song to tell you what it is and then uh and then i'll be done <clears throat> when the fantasy has ended and all the children are gone something good inside me helps me to carry on i ate some bugs i ate some grass i used my hand to wipe my tears to kiss your mouth i break my bowels no 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 way say unless you yes, want, you want to. to and then we break, break our, our vows together, together. 
you're off, Alex, because of the Zoom delay, but here we go. And that's all I got to say about that. People don't love this movie. I think the movie got, um, this is Nacho Libre, of course, Nacho Libre. The movie has 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. I love it. I'm bringing it to the table every time. That's my casserole. I've never seen it. What? Dave. I've never seen it. And you know, I've watched a lot of movies, but that is one that I've... I've, I don't know if you would like it. I've never seen it for a reason, right? It looks like utter trash. Oh my gosh. No. Okay, okay. okay. I know we got to wrap this up. We'll be fast with this. I was going to say this. The movie is very, very silly. There are fart jokes. There are... But like... If you love Jack Black, this is Jack Black at his best. I think the only other Jack Black performance I would rank above this is the School of, School of School, Rock. School of, School of Rock, Rock, which of yeah. course is like, you know, but like yeah. right beneath it is, is this. It's also a really well-made movie. Like the the, the set design, um, you know, it, there's so much detail that uh, Jared Hess, the director, puts into each frame. It's really cool. It's, if you like Wes Anderson, there's also a few like Wes Anderson type like nods in there so um you know i, I it's you, you you're, um, you're probably not gonna like it it's a castle listen, i mean but, I, yeah. I i did say it looks like trash but i'm gonna go right here because i also have a movie that other people probably think is trash in fact i actually chose a franchise okay a trash franchise you guys know i love horror movies um i love parodies as well and the scary movie franchise is just something that i grew up watching loving scary movie one through five I think there's five of them now i mean the the level of detail that goes into these parody films it just gets me every time i mean one of my favorite openings guys i don't know if you guys have even watched the scary movies maybe you've seen the first two with um yeah. anna, anna ferris mm-hmm. but scary movie four has the best opening okay this was a world where screenwriters and producers were able to get Shaquille O'Neal and Dr. Phil together to do an opening where they were recreating Saw 1, okay? Does that not sound like the coolest thing ever? It is hilarious. Watch that two-minute clip, but I love the scary movies. But like you said, Anselm, the movies are rotten. It seems like they're not even, they don't even have high audience scores, but I think they're just hilarious. They're like, shut off my brain and have a great time for six hours. Uh, that's that, that's the scary movie franchise. Wayne's brothers are in it. Everyone's great in it. I think it's top tier comedy, even if it is stupid trash. All right, all right. Natural Looper is better, but okay, cool. Shantae, what's next? <laughs> well, mine is definitely not like your guys's. My, one of my favorite movies is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I have tried to make, I think maybe six of my friends see this movie. And every single time I have to endure them talking trash about it for 30 minutes after. And I just feel like it's the most underrated film, at least amongst my friend group. To be honest, I don't really know how critics and stuff take it. But I will say that, I mean, it is still, I, I watch, it's, it's one of those like reoccurring movies that you watch whenever you're in like that certain mood. And I've seen it so many times. And each time I swear to you, I get something out of it that's different. And I just feel so sad that nobody likes it. It's just me at the table sitting there like, why, why won't anybody eat this? You know, Shantae, that's, that's not a casserole. That's caviar. And people no. who aren't used to such refined tastes like your friends that's are not going to get it. Because that so movie right. is phenomenal. All I right. new friends. I'm sick yeah. of this. 
That was a great Anselm. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think like most people believe that this is like one of their best performances, like that movie. So I haven't seen Eternal uh, Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, but everyone's saying like Kate Winslet and Jim Carrey, like it's easily Alex. Like, you would absolutely here. you would absolutely love oh this film, man. Gosh, Knowing yeah, you, like Alex. you would love this. It's on my watch list. Like I I didn't <sighs> needed to get around to it. Spike I mean, like, Jones, man. Yeah. And uh, Charlie Kaufman. I yeah. mean, every script that Charlie Kaufman does, he really gets you to think about a lot of different things. And I, I love all of his movies. So Alex, yeah. watch this. Watch yeah. it. Watch it. If not tonight, make some time over the weekend and watch it. I'm sure it's on a streaming service. Yeah. No, it, it's definitely, I think it's like on Amazon. I think I've seen it and I, it's on my list and I've just been, yeah, I've been slacking. So, so it's, it's, I, it's I under two hours too. Under two hours. So yeah, I finally found people to eat my casserole. <laughs> finally. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, so. we'll we'll eat that one. Um. All right. So you know, you show up to this family's wait, house. You forgot. Wait, you forgot I Alex. And you forgot. remember that you forgot Alex's casserole. So uh, <laughs> sorry guys, about that, man. I'm bringing guys. Don't forget about my casserole, okay? Um. I wanted to take this time to actually confess because I don't know if I told you guys this, but I'm actually a Twilight fan. And so, uh, yeah, Twilight Zone I, is a great TV show. Twilight Zone is like one of the best <laughs> things out there. So I read the books, um, and oh. it was uh, so. Growing up, my mom she actually loves this series too, like the book series. And so she, every summer, would give me the next book to read, and I actually like fell in love with the books, and I, I loved the the fantasy. And so the movies, my mom and I, we would go to like the midnight premieres and together, and just kind of have like our own just little, you know, mother, uh, mother, son time. And, um, and so the first twilight, honestly, like everyone bashes it and makes fun of it and rightly so, because it's actually like pretty comical. However, I think for some reason, it just kind of holds like a special spot in my heart, mostly because of the soundtrack, but also just kind of because of the campiness of it and just like the, um, corniness of it but uh and just the fantastical elements i i think it's it's one that i definitely return to pretty often and is definitely a casserole not a caviar but um i i for me I, i'll defend it I, I really enjoy it and when you when you talk about this you specifically mean the first movie and not the series yes uh however i oh. do like new moon those are the one and two those are my, the only ones that i will ever return to wow okay the yeah, baseball so, scene is still pretty cool. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but, it definitely is. And I'm probably going to get a ton of hate mail and who cares. But, but hey, I mean, you get some of the best actors now working today, like in a lot of ways, like got their respective starts or like became really famous from, from that movie. I mean, Kristen Stewart had done Panic Room and stuff, but they became phenomenons from the Twilight movies. So we should at least be thankful that that is what opened up for us to get Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart, okay, who are yeah, leading it right now and killing it. So, uh, hey, the movie might not be that great, but we still got great performances coming out, yeah. great people coming out of it. So, yeah, earlier, I, I apologize, Alex, for almost leaving uh, you off of this uh, particular question. And now I regret that I didn't just power forward and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and just, just leave your, you in the your dust. casserole there. <laughs> Uh, okay, so you know you arrive at the house or the or the location where you're meeting your favorite on-screen family. You've got your casserole with you, and you sit down for a nice, wonderful dinner scene. And so, this next question is: What is your favorite dinner scene? TV I have to film? go first. I have to go first because, guys, if you did not at least have this on your honorable mentioned, I'm going to be 
super disappointed in each and every one of you. Okay. Let's see, Alex. Because let's go. If you do not have the office season four, episode 13, which is the dinner party for your favorite dinner scene of all time. I'm questioning you guys. The best episode. The best it episode. didn't even this, come to my mind and I'm ashamed. This is hands down one of the best dinner scenes. I guess you could call the entire episode like the dinner scene. And even just watch, go watch the bloopers on YouTube. I have no idea how they actually filmed this episode because it is so hilarious, guys. Like the the moment Michael pushes the little TV into the wall or like, <laughs> he, he throws the little dundee at the t like she does the dundee tv uh he smacks into the the window what is the he handle uh, room he, the, he dips the his hunter meat. song playing he, dip, he dips his meat into yeah. <laughs> you, know, soft I, teeth. you know i have soft teeth why would you say that <laughs> dwight like and when he his tastes nanny. the wine and he says uh he says "Ooh, nice oaky afterbirth <laughs> <laughs> or uh or Dwight and his nanny showing up with their own glasses and crashing the dinner party guys like this this whole episode is comic gold and I think it is up there in terms of one of the greatest episodes of tv of all time all right yeah that, that that's a great one I, I think yourself. I'm ashamed redeemed yourself Alex after yeah, that you, you did yes absolutely absolutely <laughs> you can bring the casserole uh, Dave, I want you to go next because I want I I I have an inkling that you might have chosen something. That I don't think I don't think it's on my list. I don't think I did. Okay. Okay. I was let's really, hear. I went through a lot of different scenarios here, and I kind of went to one that I didn't think anybody else was going to say, but it really brought me back to my childhood and like the first okay. really <laughs> funny dinner scene that I remember watching. Also a franchise, but this was the first film. I'm talking about Meet the Parents. Have you guys seen Meet the Parents? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Talk about, talk, you don't want to talk about awkward Alex. <laughs> Every, everything in that movie is just awkward and cringeworthy as Greg, played by Ben Stiller, is just trying so hard to fit in, but he is failing miserably and he's just wrecking everything in his path and it brings you to that dinner scene so like every time he speaks he seems to be digging himself into holes so he describes in this dinner scene how he grew up on a farm even though he lived in Detroit and he was milking a cat you get Robert De Niro's iconic line where he says, I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? <laughs> <laughs> he also, um, Robert De Niro's character's mother's ashes are look, overlooking the table. <laughs> and he shoots the court and it knocks the ashes on the ground. And that looks, and like then... a, looks like a litter box because the ashes look like litters. So then Jinxie the cat runs over and just desecrates all over after they after the father Robert De Niro just read a poem honoring his dead mother. <sighs> Awkward, cringeworthy stuff, but it is hilarious. And it's just that that I think that is the scene that really um, does a great job of describing what these Meet the Parents movies are about. And that's why I have to bring that up. I see, I've seen that movie dozens of times as a kid. That's, that's such that's, a that's good choice, Dave. That's such a good choice. And I feel like that entire movie, you're just like, how could this get any worse? And it just like continues to get worse. Oh, that cast is out of this world. I love that movie. Yeah, great choice. Great choice. Shantae, what about you? Okay, are you guys friends fans? Um, I don't really have a lot of friends, so uh, <laughs> sure. I can't really say yes to that. I've never watched all of the episodes. Um, okay, so, so this is not going to land as well. I want to have an office moment like Alex, where we're all joking and quoting it, but now it's just going to be me awkwardly describing it to you. But my favorite dinner scene at Friends is a few seasons earlier, 
where Joey and Ross are trying to get out of going to Thanksgiving dinner because um, Joey's new roommate is this like hot model and her and her hot model friends are going to hang out and like drink that day and they want to go. So they're basically just trying to get out of dinner. So they're trying to like rush, rush, rush. So the whole episode is them just like putting anything in front of them and just eating it as fast as they can. But Rachel can't cook and she made the most disgusting dessert. She actually messed it up. And instead of like a trifle, which is supposed to be a dessert, she mixes it with like beef and onions because the pages of this cookbook were stuck together. It was so disgusting, but they kept having, everyone kept like not trying to offend Rachel. So they're like, it's so good. It's so good. But they kept finding reasons to like leave the room. Like I'm going to go eat it on the balcony so I can enjoy the view. Like I'm going to go eat it in the bedroom so I can call my friend and tell her how good it is. And finally, like she catches on and then the guys are just like, we need to go. We need to go. It's just so funny. Okay, so this is really hard. I have three things listed here. But my final choice, my, my actual choice is going to be, I, I'm going to sing two words. <laughs> and, and then you'll know what it is. Ready? Don't stop. I'm talking about the final was, dinner scene in The Sopranos, right? I, so I, it was on my list. I know. I, it was, so that's why I had to go Because of how iconic me. it is. Because yeah. of how iconic it is. But go ahead. Let me tell you, I, I just finished watching the entire Sopranos. I did not watch it when it was out. This is my first time watching it through. And I binged the heck out of that. I watched all 86 episodes in like probably a month. So a lot of work did not get done. And I'm sorry, uh, AU, where I work. But um, no. Um, but let me tell you, after spending all this time with the Sopranos, especially with Tony Soprano, like knowing what that it meant for him to be in Halston's diner with, you know, his family and he, don't stop believing by the, by journey is playing in the background and the ding, the, you know, the jingling of the doorbell and he looks up and then cut to black. And that's like, I literally watched it the other day and I had to stop and breathe because <laughs> I was about to just like hyperventilate by how amazing that this the scene and, and the weight behind that is it wasn't very well received when it first came out but I can't think of another dinner scene that has aged I mean, better spoiler for all of you that haven't seen it three two one it's very clear that he's dead and oh that's yeah, why, yeah that's why the scene is like that's I don't even know how there's this controversy why it wasn't received well no. so and, uh, and if you look back to a conversation that he had with another character early in the in the in that season it all makes sense I will say yeah. this like we've told you literally the last scene the last frame of this show it does not spoil at all watching this and in fact I think it, it, it's what I think knowing how it ends and watching it up to that point is what makes it uh, so impactful. So, also, if you've watched anything yeah. that involves mob families, it usually doesn't end well for the patriarch. Just, nope, just, nope, not at saying. all. <laughs> all right. So, you know, we're at the family's home or diner. Uh, we've got our casserole. Uh, we, we see what the scene is. And now we're actually sitting down to the Thanksgiving meal. And I don't know about your family, but my family like to go around the table one by one and share one thing that we're grateful for. So, the one thing that you're going to share here in this dinner is what is the movie going experience that you are most grateful for. All right. This is a very hard one. I'll go first with this. Oh, okay. you, you want to go first? Yeah. I'll go first with this and just briefly say I have this film. And I think the film that I'm going to choose for the next category, I've been swapping back and forth between these two, but I think I'm going to use this particular question to put in my plug. I've told the story already uh, on our very, very first episode. 
episode zero technically but my uh most the, the movie experience i'm most grateful for is seeing do the right thing for the very first time um it it's a spike lee film it came out in 1989 the year that i was born um you know it's a movie that i go back to and think about almost on a daily basis it's what launched me on this career to become a filmmaker so do the right thing i when you asked you know when you were asking this question Anselm, i kind of got a little teary-eyed because it made me really think about the movie going experience i'm like we're i thought we were all gonna like i was like maybe we'll talk about this but i know i'm gonna share about this really thinking about how impactful going to a movie theater is with the immersion with sharing it with a group of people all being there on opening night nothing sums up the amount of joy that I'm tearing up I'm tearing up Dave go ahead say it say it then being able to watch Avengers Endgame with with people (laughs) for the very first time in fact I I watched it for the first time and the amount of energy that was in that room watching it with fans was unlike anything I've ever seen Um, and I don't know if I can even if it's going to be replicated in the same way at least not in my lifetime but then the pandemic happened and I, every like few months or so, Facebook algorithms would show up where I would be able to see theater reactions with the specific scenes like Cap picking up the hammer and um, Black Panther walking out after everything seems like it's going to end tragically for the Avengers. And the reactions would send a chill up my spine and I would then start to start to cry. I mean, I love going to movies. I love sharing those experiences with other people. And we saw the Russo brothers, got to go to a premiere and see this movie. I saw this movie three times, got to do a Q&A with the Russo brothers, but it really put into perspective the um, camaraderie and the amount of joy and community that the movie going experience um, has. And that, that's Avengers Endgame. Dude, I gotta, I gotta piggyback off that because Avengers Endgame was my choice. And I couldn't agree more with you, David, like because Avengers Endgame is what, like 10 years of film and we grew up with these characters like it's it's the peak. Uh, honestly, I would say it's the peak of cinema, like it had the luxury of having those 10 years building up to it, but it was still one of the greatest experiences. And I went opening night and there were no spoilers that came out ahead of time. And so everything you're experiencing for the first time and just you're in shock and awe and you're with everybody and you're all feeling it because you're all hyped. You're there on opening night for a reason. Like everybody's a fan. And so we're all just, it was just an immersive experience that you're going through as a community of people who just love these films. And it was a huge fan service movie that blew me away. I loved it. Yeah, I would say that mine is similar. Probably my experience is similar to what you guys are describing with like MCU. And for me, the closest thing I had to that was probably the Twilights because I also read the books. I wasn't a huge fan of the movies, more so the experience again. One of my favorite moments is in the first Twilight movie, the, it's, a, it's a two second clip but Charlie's on the couch watching a football game and it's the U of A, like the college I was at with everyone. And what we saw just like one person in their Jersey and their helmet. And it, I mean, the theater erupted, like it just, it was the coolest feeling. It was the coolest moment or just, you know, the gasps when somebody dies or anything. And it's funny because when the, then when you watch that movie later, 
you can hear how the audience reacted, even though you're alone. And it's sometimes I'm like, this actually, like, I didn't think it was funny until I, everyone else thought it was funny. And now I always think it's funny kind of thing, or it's just, it, it's funny that being in like the group energy affects your perspective of the film. And I really miss that. I don't know if stuff like that will exist post COVID. And, you know, I don't really see myself watching like YA stuff or reading those books anymore, but those were some of the best times. It was so fun. We're all um, grateful for being able to go to a theater and share experiences with fellow film lovers. Um, that's that's what I hope we don't lose. Like like you said, Shantae, post-COVID, it might take like a, a large franchise to bring people back together. But I hope, I hope that we get to see something similar to that. Again, I hope that the best days aren't behind us. Yeah. Well, when it comes to Thanksgiving, the best day is actually ahead of us because no leftovers slap more than Thanksgiving leftovers. Can I get an amen? Amen. <clears throat> Those mashed potatoes. Mm. Mm. There's just something about like reheated. Y'all ever had like a, a Thanksgiving leftover sandwich? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. Oh, my gosh, man. The turkey, the turkey and the cranberry has- sauce. And I, I put stuffing on mine. I don't know about y'all, but like, oh my goodness. Dude, I throw some mac and cheese in there. Exactly. You pile on as Everything. much as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, to to uh, force this framework onto a conversation about films and TV, it's the next day, leftovers, right? Uh, so for this, I want you to hear from you a film, a TV show, or a performance that actually is better got got better after you saw it again you know so you you, you know you liked it you know, you loved her you liked it the first time and then the next time it'll, i'll be like man this, this this thing is amazing so uh yeah Shantae, i got you what on you got? this one what you got great minds so <clears throat> this actually just happened for me over the weekend i remember uh seeing knives out when it first came out i saw it in the theater And I don't know what was going through my mind, but I remember not liking it that much. I I don't know why. I don't know. I I think I just remember feeling like it wasn't what I expected, maybe with the murder mystery. And I remember even talking to you guys about it after. And I was like, yeah, it was all right. It was all right. But I just watched it again over the weekend. I don't know why. I just threw it on. And I'm like, what the crap was I thinking? This movie was great. And I think I I just didn't appreciate the creativity the first time around. And it wasn't as predictable. And I don't know why I saw that as a bad thing. But even though I knew, I knew what happened, I knew the ending. This was the first time I felt like, I almost feel like it was the first time I saw it. Maybe just the first time with an open mind. (laughs) But I really enjoyed it the second time around. And then I started looking it up and they're making a second one. And Mm -hmm. and I'm curious to see where they go with it. But yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. No need to apologize. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that was my favorite movie of 2019. Like, yeah. I absolutely You hyped that movie up for like a year, Alex. Yeah. Oh, oh my you, gosh. You, were, you, you should have got some money for the amount of marketing <laughs> that you did with your influence of people. Yeah, you hear that, Netflix? Like, it's all because of me. Okay, I don't know how many times I told people to go and see that movie, and they actually did, and they came back and they thanked me for it. So you're welcome. But... Hey, Thanksgiving. There you go. So mine is actually kind of along the same lines because I, I feel like 2019 – is one of the best years of film that we've ever gotten in history. 
um, you know, just rattling off a few like Parasite, The Irishman, Marriage Story, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like list goes on, right? The reason why I mentioned that is because my choice actually got buried down beneath all of these other titans of industry. Mine is Ad Astra. So the first time I saw Ad Astra, I saw it with my sister in a theater. I loved it. I was like, this movie's awesome. Why aren't more people talking about this? But then it just all these other movies came about. And then Ad Astra kind of got pushed down below. But I revisited it like a couple months ago. I'm like, this movie is fantastic. Like, I, I think it's one of the best sci-fi films that we've gotten in the last like five years, like maybe even 10 years. Like, it's so, uh, it stars Brad Pitt. You know, he's an astronaut and he basically goes on a journey from Earth to the edge of our solar system. And it's like, it's brilliant. And it's so, it takes place in the near future, but it shows kind of like what the world would be like if you kind of commercialize space travel, you know, if like SpaceX and Blue Horizon or whatever, if they both take off and commercialize space travel, going to the moon, it's like going, like taking a flight to Florida. What is the world going to be like? What is the universe going to be like? And I loved how they just showed how we would evolve and 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 how you would have space pirates and it's just uncharted territory and just I, I thought it was a brilliant film I thought it was beautiful beautifully shot you could just take like one picture one frame and be like all right that's going to be on my wall for the next like 10 years but I honestly am so shocked that more people aren't talking about Ad Astra so you guys remember before there were 19 different streaming services all you had was pretty much just your local cable <laughs> so when blockbuster come on and, man well i'm talking about tv let me be clear i'm, I'm talking about tv you didn't have a blockbuster to get a tv show i guess you technically did you could get it right out of season but you had to rely on cable and if your thing wasn't on you were pretty upset so kind of i preface that by saying i used to watch a lot of sitcoms growing up you guys know this love sitcoms we all watched a lot of sitcoms and you get three hours of fresh prince and then they pivot to what i thought was the most obnoxious annoying sitcom boy was i wrong but i'm talking about seinfeld seinfeld just irritated the heck out of me i'm getting some looks by have you guys even watched seinfeld before i have not I seen watched. a single episode three episodes last week because now my roommate is obsessed with it so i'm fresh off the press for me it makes me so mad i've tried watching it so many times i'm like this show is just so annoying that's what that, bad. so that's 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 what i grew up watching too right you couldn't really relate everybody they're just the, the whole main cast they're jerks they're um, self-obsessed they have pretty much wreck everyone in their path and they're just annoying over the top loud um but then about two years ago, it went on Hulu and now it's on Netflix available for everybody to watch, but it, it dropped on Hulu a few years ago. So I decided, okay, I'm going to give it a run because I know that this show was like, it, it was like the highest, like most watched show in the nineties. Like when it ended, it ended on a bang, right? It wasn't canceled. It ended on a bang. So I was like, I got to give it a chance. But I mean, my goodness, show, this, once you realize that the characters are supposed to be this way, and that they're supposed to be obnoxious and terrible. It just makes everything funny because nothing is off limits for what they do and then the destruction that they cause. It, I mean, it's funny. There's not a lot of um, great sitcoms out there, to be honest with you. Seinfeld is one of them. All right, well, I'll close it out. Uh, you know, my leftovers, uh, again, I was trying to swap between this film uh, or, or do the right thing for the last, between these two categories. I finally made my decision. And so my, my leftovers film is 500 Days of Summer. Um, 
I absolutely love that film. It's in my top 10. Um, I think that, and it, this is not only a film that like, I feel like I enjoy more and more like each time that I see it, but I think it's one that my understanding of the film and which characters I relate to and connect to and who I think is like, you know, a good, like the quote unquote, the good guy and who's not also has transitioned and changed and changed as I've aged, as I've gone through like, you know, dating and all that kind of stuff. Like it's a, uh, it, it, it's a great, it's a great film. I, and I think it's one that I, I'll just keep going back to and keep revisiting. These are the leftovers that like, they don't go bad after a few days. Like, you know, I'll come back to it a few years from now and they'll still be good. Like a Twinkie. So who's the uh, villain? Who's the villain? The, the villain, the villain who's, is, who's, who's the villain Anselm? The villain Dave is, you know, is, is Tom, it's Tom, you know? And- uh, You have to think for that, Anselm. Who that, who that That's true. That? Anselm, you weren't always on Tom, or you weren't always, you were you were always, you were on Tom's side, right? right? Oh yeah, from, yeah. From, from the beginning. Um, Until- Shante, I wouldn't say that it was you who changed my mind on this. I think that it's something that like, I have realized like- From, from the 15 minute video I made you watch. I, I'd already seen that video. Oh, really? You sent that my way, Shante, and that that video definitely changed my perspective. Every man I know. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You're like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Shante. Hey, watch this video right now. I've I've never I've never watched I've I've never watched the video, but I'm also in agreement with y'all. I mean, she said expect she she said clear expectations, and he had this he had this fantasy, but she was very clear up front. And if you if you're on his side. You're, you're, yeah, you're, you're doing it wrong. You're, to to use that man. analogy again, Tom uh, walked so that uh, Joe could run up and stab somebody. So uh, I'm talking about Joe from you. But <laughs> anyway, um, this has been fun, guys. Yeah, who, who knew how much fun we'd have on a Thanksgiving themed, quote unquote, Thanksgiving themed episode? Uh, if you hear, heard any things that we shared and want to share your own thoughts, please reach out to us via all, any of the options that you'll hear in our closer. Um, next week, we're going to review another TV series. So uh, this is uh, one that came out uh, recently. It's the second season of the show Love Life. Um, unlike most season twos, this isn't one where you really need to know the first season. It seems like it, it picks up from a completely different character um, with minor callbacks to the first season. Uh, this season stars William Jackson Harper of the Good Place fame. It's got Jessica Williams, Edgar Wodum, and it's uh, on HBO Max. We'll be doing a review of that show next week. Until then, this has been Too Much Screen Time. Keep watching those screens. Thank you for listening to Too Much Screen Time. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TMScreenTime or email us at TMScreenTime at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. So in the meantime, keep watching those screens.